find out ways to try things in a short time period and at a low cost, fail quick. So that's why we wanted to sell quite early in Halo's history to sort of understand, is this a good business idea? Welcome to the podcast B2B SaaS CEOs with me, Joseph Falsen, as your host. I'm the CEO and founder of VAM that helps sales teams close more deals and book more meetings through video messaging. The idea to this podcast was born because one of my personal goals is to be a world-class B2B SaaS CEO and therefore I need to learn from the best. And I want to take you with me on this journey. Hi, my name is Henrik Jakobsson and I am the CEO of Haley HR and you're listening to B2B SaaS CEOs. Hi and welcome, Henrik. Thank you. How are you? It's Friday. It's Friday. It's the, the, the last, no, there's one more meeting, but, but uh, almost done. Then it's uh, time to go home to the family. Amazing to hear and let's get going. First thing first, always tell me what your company do. Do the elevator pitch of Haley HR. We have built an, an HR tool that helps HR with many time-consuming uh, processes. And we have collected this in all, all in one place. And uh, our vision when we build this product is that we want to do it in a way that HR and employees enjoy uh, working with the system. And HR systems, they can be uh, a lot of different things. Our system covers everything from signing employment agreement, doing onboardings, doing surveys, 360 reviews. The list is quite, is quite long. Uh, so there's quite a big system uh, that we're building. And uh, we move on to a bit storytelling because I love to listen to stories. And now I want to hear the story of how the idea of Haley HR was born. Yeah. A little bit of background first. We are uh, three founders of uh, Haley. It's Kristoffer uh, Eriksson. He is uh, the product owner. It is uh, Peter Weibull, who is the CTO. And it's uh, me who is responsible for building the commercial side of the business. Haley is the fifth company that Kristoffer and I are founding together. And Peter has been with us uh, in four of these companies. So when it comes to Haley, uh, Christopher and I, we were out looking for the next business idea for quite some time. It's not that easy, actually, to sort of look for a business idea, to find it. It's, it's more like you have to uh, wait for the idea to come to you. But uh, when it comes, you have to be, be ready to catch it. Yeah. And uh, if you're interested in this, there's a really good, good book on this topic. It's called The Click Moment. So if you haven't read that one, uh, I'll recommend it. And for us, uh, the idea came really when we were looking to buy an HR system for Bravura, which is one of the companies that we have founded. So we needed to buy an HR system and we were looking at the different uh, solutions that were out there in the market, in the Nordic market. And sorry to our competitors, but, but what we looked at, uh, we weren't that impressed uh, with that. So we thought that we can build a better solution that, that, than what's out there. And uh, so this was in the end of 2019 that we 
we're looking at the idea. And in 2020, we sort of put the team together and, uh, and started building the product in the end of 2020. And it's been a fast journey. Yes. I think it was just a few weeks ago, right? Or a few months maximum, you, you, decide, you, you go massive action in several markets, right? Yeah. But it, I mean, it sounds, uh, it sounds bigger than it actually is, I think. So uh, during last year, we focused all our, all our um, sales and marketing towards Sweden. And, and now we want to try. And I think that we really have a good product market fit with Sweden. We know that we're going to be successful in Sweden. Now we need to understand which other market will we suit, uh, will our product suit. And, and for us, we're, we'll, we're all about uh, uh, like trial and error. So what we're doing now is that we have employed one sales rep for Finland, one for Norway, one for Poland, uh, Germany, and England. And then now we're trying to sell this product to to these markets in order to learn the, you know, sometimes there are special dynamics for each market and we need to learn that so that we can adjust the product if there is something that we need. Yeah. And we'll do this as a test before we employ more account executives for each market. It's like, a, it's, it's a limited downside in this. I'm looking forward to talk go-to-market strategies with you in like 15 minutes or something or 20 minutes. But first we need to address leadership. Yes. And the first thing here, Henrik, are you a good leader? I, I, think, I think I'm a good entrepreneur. And, uh, uh, and leadership is part of the role as being an entrepreneur. I believe that you become good at what you focus on. And, uh, and my passion has always been about building businesses, building companies. Uh, so would I describe myself as a good leader i would say that i'm okay at leadership but that i am a good entrepreneur and moving on then to superpowers because i believe that every person and every entrepreneur and leader has some superpowers that is the core what are your superpowers i think that now we've been building companies for 15 years and i think that and we've been doing many different types of companies I think that I have uh, been able to learn how a company is put together, how the different departments function together. And I, I think that is my, I, th I think that I can use that now when I build uh, a company in a way that I can see, I think I quite easily can see a uh, 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 picture of the future for the company and how the organization, what it has to look like. Uh, and I can adjust that. Uh, picture when the circumstances changes so i would say i don't know what you would call that like uh, um i don't know the the con conceptual skill i don't know around uh, uh building businesses being a business architect <laughs> yeah yeah let's let's call it that I, th I think already I can uh, smell some more superpowers except what you just said do you see some more superpowers for yourself I don't know. I think that I don't know. I think it's. Uh, I mean, I I, I, I think that I worked with sales uh, also a lot, and I think that I I think I'm probably quite good at sales as well. Uh, although I'm I've had I've had the role to sell uh, always when we started the product. I've always been starting selling also in the beginning. So, uh, and I guess that uh, 
that's also something that I can, uh, I'm quite good at. That was what I was going to say, tell you, if you know, this leads me uh, in uh, to the next step. And now I want to hear about odd things. Can you think of and share an odd thing that you have done that seems really strange at that time? But now when you look back at it, you're like, hmm, it had a great amount of impact. Any odd things here? Yeah, I think I have quite a good example. We employed uh, five account executives to Haley before we had the product. And the reason for this is that our CTO, Peter, he, he thought it was important to, to teach me that you can't, you can never ask them when anything is going to be finished. So I had to do my own guessing when, when is the product going to be finished and, and try to time that with having account executives uh, joining us. It ended up so that we were, we were selling uh, like Figma slides for uh, six months longer than I, than I would have. Uh, that was my intention. But in, in retrospect, when you look back at this, I think this was really good for us because it takes a lot of time to, to sort of for account executives to learn the market, but also to, to build your pipeline of potential customers. So, so I think in the end, this was a very good thing, but uh, it was quite stressful uh, during the time we were out selling uh, Figma slides and our competitors, they were, they were selling actual systems. So, so we, lo- we lost quite a few deals then, but uh, luckily that has changed now. <laughs> I can see that, and uh, thank you for sharing. This was this was from the majority's ears, I think, an odd thing uh, to do. So, yeah, this was exactly what I hope. So, something like this, you would uh, tell me. Yeah. Now, shifting uh, focus to bad things because everything isn't happy clappy as a leader. It's hard. I want to know what is the worst thing about being a leader, according to you, and how do you tackle it? How do you solve it? Well, I think that, uh, uh, and this, I guess, goes for everyone, <clears throat> you always want people to, to be happy uh, working for you. And as a leader, uh, sometimes you will have to make decisions that you know uh, are going to make people dissatisfied. And, and dealing with this uh, uh, dissatisfaction, is, that's, that's not fun. Um, but it's also part of being a leader of a company. So... How do you solve that? How do you, what do you do about that? You, I mean, I think it's, if you're good at communication, then uh, try to communicate as much as possible about how you've been thinking when you were making your decision. And uh, I'm not saying that I'm especially good at that, but, but uh, that's, I guess, how you would go about it. And do you have like some best practice plan around it or is it just be as transparent as you should or could yeah exactly you i mean sometimes that's also hard because you can't although although you want to tell everyone everything about the background of your decision sometimes you can't do that and and that's also a challenge uh i think for many uh leaders in businesses yeah and then if we, if we, we, if you need to summarize your view of leadership with one word, what would that be? Time. Please explain. I guess I have to say, <laughs> say more. No, but if you want, if you want to, uh, to be a good leader, 
I think you need to spend time with the people that you you lead, and and I think that this this can be hard uh, if you're in an entrepreneurial role. This is actually something that can be quite hard because often you're working with very limited resources, and sometimes you end up having a lot of people reporting to you, and and then it's going to be <laughs> quite tough to give everyone the time that 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 is needed for you to be a good leader for them. And I find this especially uh, challenging uh, now with uh, three small kids at home compared to when I started my first company at the age of, of 27. And I had all the time in the world. I could be in the office before everyone and I could leave uh, after everyone. And you could do after works two times a week. And, and so... This is uh, uh, a challenge, I think, um, in in the entrepreneurial role that you have, and I, I would assume this is a, is a challenge for many managers out there. But we summarize the leadership segment with the word time, and move on to a lighter topic. I want to know about a fun fact, something about you, Henrik, that. And this must be a thing that just a few people know about. It, it, so a fun fact about yourself that not so many people know yet. Mm. So when I went to, to high school, I took a class in, uh, in entrepreneurship. And there a friend and I, we, we actually started a company. So that was part of this, this class. The company's name was uh, Preventor. And the business idea was to print logos with uh, with uh, uh, the taglines of companies on condoms and and put them out in for free in nightclubs and uh, we actually we made a deal with many different nightclubs in Stockholm that we were going to be able to uh, put them out there and we made a deal with a manufacturer so everything we needed was really uh, customers and we thought that this this is going to be really easy i mean there's so many companies out there with the perfect taglines for this idea. I mean, Nokia, connecting people, or McDonald's, I'm loving it. I mean, we're going to get so many customers. But uh, it turned out that uh, the companies didn't have quite the same sense of humor as, as a high school, <laughs> two high school guys. So uh, this company re- never really uh, made it. Uh, but uh, Jacob and I, we are, we are both entrepreneurs today. So, so in some way, it was good. <laughs> a f- fun fact and a funny story. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. And um, yeah, a bit more serious topic then again. Uh, mistakes. I want to hear about uh, one of your biggest mistakes you have ever made in business. And what did you learn from it? Yeah, so... Um, I, I, I don't really like to use uh, the word mistake when it comes to, to business. I, <clears throat> I'd rather talk about uh, making good and bad decisions. I mean, you make decisions every day. Sometimes you make, um, you make small decisions, big decisions. Sometimes the, the big ones are the easy ones and the small ones are the hard ones. So I think it's really dangerous to, to start thinking of the bad decisions as mistakes. Because then you're going to start uh, being afraid of making your decisions. So now I just I think it's important to to um, uh, to call it something else. 
but but if you if we call it bad decisions, <laughs> then I have I have a few examples. One example could be when we took one of our company's study body uh, uh, to London. We uh, uh, we didn't do that much research of uh, the market, and so once we opened up the office in London, we learned that okay, there is a student who has registered the domain study body in the UK, <clears throat> and and we needed to buy that. And I, I don't remember exactly uh, how much we spent on that, but I'm sure this student had a very good time at, at uni afterwards. Um, and so we bought that and then we sort of got going with the business. And a year later, we learned that uh, the legislation in the UK and the dynamics in the, in the business, the, the students there, they... they they study a lot, so they don't have time to, to be uh, tutors. <clears throat> so we had to pull out of the market. And that was, so that uh, entire um, thing we did there was quite costly and, and not a very good decision if we would have done more research. But do I regret it? I mean, not, not really. Um, I think that, um, I think this is the way you should do things. This is, you should try an error and, and, but you're going to end up with a few uh, fun stories afterwards. Costly stories. <laughs> this was a great, yes, this quote here and snippet. You should try an error and end up with ad. Uh, yeah. Thank you for sharing. And um, we have entered the topic of your choice, Henrik. So th mm. this is the segment where I will uh, sip it and uh, not steer the narrative at all. Okay, I will steer it, but because you need to talk a few minutes about something that you are truly nerdy and passionate about. I think that I, m I might not have spent... The, maybe I didn't broaden my thinking enough here. I, I think I stayed on topic a bit, and I was thinking about uh, SaaS and Haley, <clears throat> and the topic that I wanted to talk about there is the challenge, the challenge that, that we find, I think, that many uh, SaaS companies probably are facing is the is the thinking about whether you should broaden your product or if you should deepen your product in terms of adding new features or making the features you have better and on the one side you have the sales department who talk to the customers who compare you against competitors by ticking the boxes uh, in terms of, it's like a feature battle, like what, what do you have, what do they have? And on the other side, we have uh, perfectly happy customers today who just want us to, to make the, the, the functions that we have better. And uh, we also have the product department uh, who take great pride in building the best possible solutions. And I think it's quite interesting, this balance uh, with the salespeople and uh, and the development team and and how you do this in the best way i think this is a great topic and uh, what, what you you started with a great and bold statement so i want to hear now henrik your take of a broadening your product or b going really deep where where, where does your pendle swing if you take that really far then you then you can say that you uh, uh for example, in our space, there are two different types of companies. There are the, the, the vertical ones who only focus on one feature and one feature only. Let's take, for, in, for instance, uh, surveys. 
And then we have the, the providers who, who focus more horizontally and um, uh, you sort of bundle a lot of different features into your product. I mean, it's a lot more to build, right? Yeah. If you're building the, the platform solution. <clears throat> but I think that the trend, and, and of course there's room for everyone. There's going to be uh, a lot of companies w- uh, going for the best of breed solution when you sort of bundle a few vertical ones together. But I think that the trend that we will see will be uh, a lot more towards the platform solutions with many different features uh, bundled together, uh, at least for this, the like medium-sized businesses. Maybe for like really big enterprises, maybe they are they'll still hang on to the the best in breed, uh, best of breed solutions. But I mean, for for HR, uh, for instance. A lot of HR departments, they have like eight different tools that they work with. And it's quite confusing for them and for the employees to work in this many systems. And I think that this is also something you need to to think about, like how many user interfaces are our employees going to be like working with uh, in in their daily work. And, And if it's possible to bring those down to only one solution, and, and if you can do that equally good as if we have the vertical ones, then uh, you're going to be able to do it uh, at a lower cost as well. Th- that's where the market is going to go, I think. That's where you are going to go because the market, <laughs> you have a clear sight. So, yeah, great topic because it's obviously you are nerdy and passionate about this field because you are building a great company within it. It's time for an external question. And today we are joined by somebody called Linnea Ögren from Ungföretagsamhet Västernorrland. And this is her question. Hi Henrik, can you give some examples of how an HR department is modernized when they start with Haley? And then also, can you quickly share some best practices to make these modernizations actually become a reality? Uh, I think it depends a lot where the HR department are in terms of their uh, digitalizations. We meet uh, customers out there who basically have nothing. Uh, they're still doing like uh, signing employment agree- agreements uh, on paper. Uh, they're having everything, making hard copies. They are doing some things in Excel, in Word. They have everything spread out. So for them, it's a, an, a, it's a huge uh, improvement going to our system. Uh, when we face other uh, customers who are already uh, used to work in other solutions, it is, they, they see other things that are better with Haley. Uh, firstly, it's like a new, new, more modern user interface. And uh, it's a lot more it gives them a lot more power to set everything up themselves. Uh, so they don't need as much help in our solutions compared to others. Was that an answer to the question? I think that was the first part to answer. And, and her second uh, second part was uh, share some be- best practices regarding not just the vision actually becoming reality. How, how do you work with your customers to make that happen? For us, it's, it's never that hard to get HR uh, uh, on board with with uh, with uh, uh, doing this transformation. What's often hard is to get everyone else in the company to use the platform. 
so how do we do that? We, we, do, uh, we help uh, HR with this in a way because we, we are holding a, a, we teach all the managers how to do it. So we have like a, a course for the managers to help them learn how to use the system. And hope, we hope that it then trickles down to uh, all the employees to use it. And we really try to build the system in a way that uh, employees should uh, easily be able to work with the system and like the system. Linnea, thank you for your question. And we need to move on because I want to talk about with uh, somebody like you, Henrik, business development. Uh, th- th- this, is, this will be super interesting. And first thing here, before going into sales tactics and go to market, etc., just talking KPIs. What are your top KPIs and why have you chosen them? We're keeping it quite simple here. Obviously, uh, like everyone else, we're mes- measuring MRR and or ARR, same thing. If there are people listening who don't know what that is, that is... Then they don't listen to this podcast. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, and then we track um, the the sales meetings. How many sales meetings do you do? The onboarding experience for our customers. We have not yet started to measure churn. Uh, We think it's a bit too early, uh, but and also we don't we don't have that much churn yet. So, but but I think it's maybe it's too early. I mean, uh, most of our customers they have not been. in the platform for longer than six months. So I think you might have to wait a little bit longer before we can really draw conclusions on that uh, uh, that KPI. And we also have started to measure the usage uh, of our platform. So that's something that we added lately. Is it less overall usage or some specific things? like how many time people sign employments agreement in the platform. So a few metrics to, to also to help customer success see whether a customer is on board and using the platform or not. Let's talk some sales slash go-to-market strategies from the person who hired five account executives before even having a product to sell. Can you please share some of your best practices here regarding as a startup go to market my, my way or my advice advice that would be to find out ways to try things in a short time period at, at, and at a low cost so sort of f- fail quick so that's why we wanted to sell quite early in Haley's history to sort of understand is this a good business idea yeah. and now we're doing now now we have proof of that in sweden uh, and now we want to try the same thing in other uh, countries so I think it's a better way to do it that way than sort of deciding that now we're going to open up an office in England and then you employ 20 people and it's going to cost you. That's going to jeopardize your business uh, that's running well in Sweden. Yeah. So I think with that word, we put period here and code outreach. What would you say, Henrik, is the best way to do code outreach to you? That would be... I get a lot of uh, outreaches uh, on LinkedIn, in email, like cold emails on LinkedIn. But the, the problem with those is that you never really even respond to them because there are so many. If you have something that that's already on my radar, then that might be a good way because then I might respond to that. And yeah, okay, uh, let's let's take a meeting up. 
So it depends a little bit on what you're offering me. So that's one way. I think that a good way is also finding like some, some thought leadership. I mean, creating uh, seminars that are, that are of interest for me and, and, and target them to me. I think that's a good way. And also, I mean, just, just call is also a way it's, it's, uh, I mean, if you have something that, that, uh, I think I can see a value, uh, then I'm going to be open for a meeting. But what I'm saying is that uh, you're going to need to have like, in, a, in, in order to afford that type of sell, you're going to have to have quite a, the customer lifetime value in your product be quite big in order to afford having an outbound sales in that way. Yes. And uh, yeah, great input here. A lot of data points. And I say thank you and entering the roundup because it's time for us to wrapping up. We only have a few questions left. And the uh, first thing here, if you would give yourself when you were a younger CEO, Henrik, think of 10 years ago, top one to three things to think of that you now know that you didn't know, what would you tell your younger self? I think it's it would be, it would it would be good. Uh, I mean, I, I was CEO at a quite young age, uh, at 20, 28 years old. Uh, it would be good to start practicing uh, leaving work at work in an early age. I mean, this takes time to practice. For me to re- sort of to learn that that your career. It's really like it's a, it's a marathon. It's not uh, it's not a, a hundred meter race. You have to last for for a long time when you're doing your career. I think this would be good to to sort of uh, learn in a young age. I apart from that, I, I I would sort of say that also that all the the the, the thing the problems that you ra- run into because you run into a lot of problems that they will all uh, everything is gonna Everything's going to be good uh, at, in the end, and and really con- just continue to, to find your way. Um, I think it's really it's really what it's all about is finding your own way uh, and figuring out what you want to do. That was great advice. So, second last question. It's just basically me fishing for other cool B two B SaaS guests as as your name was brought up, and we are here. So I want to hear from you, Henrik. Yeah. Uh, which other two B2B socios do you think are interesting, cool doing, cool stuff and would like to listen to if I would interview them here? I, I don't know exactly who's been on here already, but uh, we'll see. But you should definitely talk to Johan Nilsson uh, at uh, Start Deliver. <clears throat> he knows a lot about customer success also, which would be very interesting for everyone listening here. And you should talk to Rickard Kajson at Grade as well. No one of them has been here yet. So thank you so much for these names. And the last question. Where will Haley be in five years? I am confident that we in five years will have the best product in the market for our target group. And how can I say that with with such uh, certainty? I mean... I think it's all about uh, the colleagues. We have such a great team and talented people. People, in terms of uh, revenue, well, let's talk about customers. I think that we will be uh, uh, probably around two thousand customers 
we're going to be on our way uh, to reach our long-term goal. And we're going to be on made quite a lot of progress. But uh, I think we're going to have a little bit further to go to become like one of the leading uh, HR companies. But I really believe that we will get there. And I wish you the best of luck with that, Hendrik. And now I'm quickly shifting the focus to you who's been listening to us. Two things here. Number one, please tell a friend or colleague to listen to Henrik in B2B SaaS if you like what you heard. And number two, press the subscription buttons. I have great guests here. And Henrik, a huge thank you for putting aside around 30 minutes together with me to help the community and me and the listeners to keep on learning. Big thanks.